It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, it is Crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's easy to play. You don't have to compete against other players. It's just you versus the projections. Just pick two to five players. And if they score more or less in their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It literally takes less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks. We know you will love it too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And guys, we thank you for making locked on Falcons and locked on Panthers here on Crossover Thursday, your first listen. Each and every day, of course, you can find both shows free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you hit that bell. Make sure you give us a like uh, and you can check us out. So, of course, I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons, joined, as always, by Julian Council, the host of Locked on Panthers. And um, uh, yeah, so you can tell the difference. Put our names up there on the screen uh, just in case, you know, two handsome fellas staring at you. You, you get us easily confused. But let's Julian, let's uh, jump into sort of what is the big story of the week for this Carolina Panthers coming off a very impressive win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a very improbable win uh, in under Steve Wilkes uh, getting his first win there. Uh, what's going on in Carolina land? Yeah, the big story of the week, of course, here in Carolina, Aaron, is the Panthers are back, baby. Two and five, <laughs> two and only NFC South, the only undefeated team within division, and possibly could be in first place this time next week if everything goes according to plan this weekend against the Falcons. And of course, what goes on with the Saints in their game against the Raiders and Thursday night tonight with the Bucks and the Ravens game. But really, the main story has been that P.J. Walker will once again be QB1 for the Carolina Panthers when they head down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of the 40,000 fans, maybe in attendance there uh, at, in Atlanta on Sunday. And P.J. played probably the best quarterback game of the last two years here in Carolina. Sam Darnold had his moments last year, but in totality, was terrible. Baker Mayfield in his first five starts here was terrible. And now it looks like P.J. Walker, at least for the time being, is going to be the guy for interim head coach Steve Wilkes and that will dictate whether Wilkes gets an opportunity to be the head coach past this season. The odds right now are certainly not in his favor to retain the job. Panthers owner David Zephyr said that Wilkes would have to do an incredible job to even be considered, which seems to be the baseline for any black coach in the NFL to be able to even get an opportunity to be a head coach. It's just keep it a buck. We know how it is in the NFL. And that would be a bad situation for David Zephyr to watch Steve Wilkes go out there, have success, and then say, no, I'm not interested, especially when Wilkes is already suing the Arizona Cardinals and the league for its hiring practices. So we'll see what P.J. Walker can do. P.J. came in with Matt Rule, 
former XFL player. I call him the XFL Mahomes because he lit up that league in, in the five games that he played before the pandemic. And when he's been here in Carolina, he's been solid as a starter. 2020, they beat Detroit. The defense also was spectacular that day, shutting out the Lions. Last year against Arizona, the story was Cam Newton scoring those two touchdowns in his first two touches. But P.J. got the start, and he played fairly well, and the defense also was solid. You go back to the Rams game a couple weeks ago, it seemed like Steve Wilkes and Ben McAdoo did not trust P.J. But after a week of discussions, they're like, all right, we're going to let this guy sling it. Came out right out the gate last week, hit Terrace Marshall, should have caught the ball, but it was 11 for 12 in the first half, had 11 straight completions. He was cooking, had some really good throws to DJ Moore for a touchdown, to Tommy Trimble for a touchdown in the second half, and put on a really good performance. And I think Pro Football Focus had him as the highest-rated quarterback in the NFL in Week 7. So seeing what P.J. Walker can do the rest of the way would be interesting for the Panthers long-term because I don't think he's going to be the long-term guy, but just for the rest of the season as it looks like he's going to be QB1 while Baker Mayfield, who worked with the scout team majority of Wednesday's afternoon's practice, will be the backup this week. And then Sam Darnold still making his way off of IR with that ankle injury that he suffered back in the preseason against Buffalo. Now, I know a lot of Falcon fans are listening being like, hmm, a backup quarterback coming in and lighting things up. Uh, I wonder what that – life is like but uh that is not the big story of the week here in atlanta maybe in future weeks we'll see how that goes uh but it it, it is really centering kind of on pj walker and that passing attack because it's going to be going up against a pretty beat up falcon secondary aj terrell is listed as week to week he missed practice on wednesday uh, with a hamstring injury that he suffered early in that Bengals game and his replacement, Cornell Armstrong, who was fresh up from the uh, practice squad, struggled in that game. Darren Hall got his first start of the year, replacing Casey Hayward, who may be out for the season with a shoulder injury uh, against the Bengals. He got lit up in that game. Uh, and now the question is, you know, it's the Bengals. They have a high-flying passing attack, so you, you accept that. But, like, you know, DJ Moore looks pretty good. P.J. Walker looked pretty good this week. And so if the Falcons uh, can't be sleeping on this uh, Carolina, this newfound Carolina passing attack, if only, you know, Baker Mayfield was healthy and still playing, I think they would have a really good shot. But uh, yeah, I think D. Alford, who missed last week's game, um, should be healthy this week coming back from a hamstring injury. The Falcons are also dealing uh, with an injury at the safety position with Jalen Hawkins in the concussion protocol. So they, they may wind up having three out of their four starting uh, defensive backs down with an injury this week. And so that's going to potentially create problems if, if the guys like Darren Hall, D. Alford, Cornero Armstrong, Dean Marlowe, Eric Harris, these guys aren't ready to step up and fill the void uh, for some of those starters being down this week. Uh, and P.J. Walker may wind up having a, a second consecutive week uh, being PFF's highest graded quarterback and so that's going to be the big story for the falcons this week we'll get into some of the key matchups uh one of which probably will be dj Moore against uh those defensive backs and how he fares we'll pick julian's brain on some other uh key matchups in this game but guys uh before we get there i want to tell you about bird dogs who provide a super bowl comfortable pair of pants shorts and sweatpants i have a pair of sweats and shorts myself and what makes Bird Dog's great is they have those built-in liners so they keep everything, and I mean everything, snug 
and cozy. And that's what's on the inside. And on the outside, they have some great designs that are going to keep you comfortable in any occasion. If you want khaki designs that'll keep you comfortable in the office, you got that. They got pants and shorts for lounging around the house. You can go to the gym, go to the beach, or you're like me, you just want to be comfortable when you're sitting there talking with uh, fellow locked on hosts on podcasts, whatever you want, whatever you're trying to get into, Bird Dogs has it just by going to birddogs.com, enter the promo code locked on, and they'll throw in a free bird dogs rope hat. That's birddogs.com, promo code locked on, and boom, a free bird dogs rope hat with a pair of bird dogs, the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built in liners. You will not take these off, I promise you. And guys, I want to tell you about Blue Nile, whether you're looking to pop the question, if you have a milestone that you want to celebrate or you just want to let your love sparkle like the love between Julian and myself here on Crossover Thursday, Blue Nile can help you. They are the original online jeweler. Blue Nile offers largest selection of diamonds and pieces priced significantly below uh, traditional retailers. They've helped millions of couples create the perfect engagement ring. They have easy online tools to help you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, and setting style. Or maybe you're just looking for a fine piece of jewelry and you're having trouble choosing. Blue Now has the jewelry experts available via phone, via chat, 24-7 to help you find the memorable gift at Every budget shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All orders are insured and shipped free in discreet packaging. And overnight shipping is available if you're in a rush. All you have to do to make your moment sparkle is go to BlueNile.com and use the code Locked On, and you'll save $50 on any purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Promo code Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code locked on. And guys, uh, before we continue today's crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks, I want to thank you for making Locked On Falcons and Locked On Panthers your first listen. And for your second listen, why not check out Locked On Sports today? From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and get the behind the scenes analysis from the local experts that only Locked On can provide by subscribing to Locked On Sports today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Julian, let's jump into some of these key matchups. We already talked a little bit about the issues yeah. dealing with the Falcons secondary, and I'm looking at that DJ Moore matchup, uh, a player that's had a lot of success in previous games against the Falcons. I know the Panthers like to move him all around the formation, and if A.J. Terrell was healthy, I would expect the Falcons to put him on him, shadow him throughout the game, but A.J. Terrell's not healthy, and so they'll have to kind of split the A.J. Terrell duties between Darren Hall and D. Alford, who I expect will start this game. Um, and I think that will be certainly a challenge for this Falcons defense. But what is some of the key matchups that you're looking at in this game? Yeah, I mean, certainly looking at that banged up Falcons secondary. Now, P.J. Walker, by no means, is Joe Burrow, who was awesome in that first half last week against the Falcons. And unfortunately, of course, for you and your listeners to see that happen and to be on the other end of that. And that's what's surprising to me that P.J. Walker was the highest rated quarterback, just considering the numbers Joe Burrow put up throughout that first half and in that game in totality. But the Panthers have an opportunity to build off of the momentum and the confidence that they instilled in P.J. Walker from a week ago, what they did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, which is Pretty good, honestly. So if they did it against a healthy Buck secondary, what are they going to do against the Falcon secondary that's banged up? And DJ Moore, we had been asking through the first 
five, six weeks of the season, why is he not more involved in this offense? Baker Mayfield just could not execute the offense at a level where DJ could be in possession of the football to make plays. Like you go back even to the Rams game two weeks ago when um, PJ Walker got his first start, DJ Moore had three receptions for seven yards. I'm still not sure how that's even possible for DJ Moore, a player of his caliber, to have that stat line in an NFL game, especially when it's not like Jalen Ramsey was really locking him up. It's just the offensive game plan was not conducive to even trying to stretch the field or make any sort of downfield plays and putting DJ Moore in a position for success. So it's not just DJ I'm looking at. I'm also looking at players like Terrace Marshall, who going into the season, I thought had an opportunity to emerge as a number two wide receiver here in Carolina, even with Robbie Anderson, who's now in Arizona. He looked great, that being Terrace Marshall, back during mandatory minicamp and OTAs, then was really good starting on training camp, had an injury, fell down the depth chart. Guys like Rashard Higgins, who they brought in from Cleveland in the offseason, and Shai Smith, who was drafted in 2021 in that same class as Terrace Marshall from South Carolina. He stepped up, became the number three wide receiver, but Shai hasn't really made many plays so far as that number three and now the number two guy on this Panthers team. There's people like LaVishka Chenault, who also have in short Spurts made plays here in Carolina, has been banged up the last couple of weeks, played last week, didn't have much of an impact. I really wanted to see what DJ Moore and the rest of these Panthers receivers can do in this passing game. And if PJ Walker can build off of what he did last week, because the Panthers moving forward in what's a terrible division, where honestly, we're looking at it, Aaron, I don't know how you feel, seven, eight wins could get it done. And I don't have that much confidence the Panthers are going to win seven or eight games this year because they're still not a very good football team. But looking at it, they can continue to stack up these division wins. They can be in position. So on Sunday against against Atlanta, what I'm looking at is what P.J. Walker and his wide receiver core can do against that banged-up secondary. Yeah, I, and I think this game is going to be interesting in that regard because you kind of look at that matchup and you wonder – do the Panthers have the advantage from a passing game standpoint? And you wouldn't normally assume that with PJ Walker and, and given some of the issues that Panthers passing attack uh, has had in the early weeks, but that was not an issue against a very good Bucks secondary last week. So that gives you some pause in that assessment. And so part of me wonders uh, with this matchup, you know, can the Falcons passing attack look a little bit better than what they have. It's basically been non-existent this year, much to the chagrin of Kyle Pitts fantasy owners. And I'm looking at uh, that as a, a potential matchup. This could be a potential breakout game for someone like Kyle Pitts. I know Kate Otten flashed a number of times watching that Bucks game. It seems like you look at certain metrics like DVOA have the Panthers defense 26th in the league against tight ends this year. And we're just looking for any opportunity for Kyle Pitts to have a big game and at least quiet the critics uh, and the skeptics and the doubters and all those things when it comes to him and this Falcons passing attack. And so I'm hoping that Carolina may be that opportunity for them. And that may be sort of canceling out any sort of advantage that Carolina may have attacking a depleted uh, Panther secondary, if we can get a big performance uh, from Kyle Pitts. But, you know, I think when you, look at these passing attacks you know obviously the quarterback can't complete the football uh if he's you know laying on his backside and so i'm very curious to see you know which of these pass rushes can really make an impact can grady jarrett have a big game going yeah. up with bradley bozeman uh in his second start who played really well against tampa bay can brian burns do the usual magic that he does typically against this falcons offensive line that has struggled this year when they've been asked to pass protect i think those are some of the other key matches i'll be focused on yeah and that's, i'm glad you brought that up too um let's start off with bradley bozeman who was highest rated center 
so far this season against the Bucks uh, in Week Seven last week for the Carolina Panthers in that win. That came out today, or came out on Wednesday rather, that uh, Pat Elfline, who started the first six games for the Carolina Panthers at center, will be out for the rest of the season with a hip injury, which now allows Bradley Bozeman, who I thought was one of their key additions in the offseason. I thought Bozeman was going to come in here and be their center because he has about 20, 25 pounds on Elfline. And Matt Rule, the former Panthers head coach, talked about wanting to have a downhill rushing attack. We didn't see that until last week when, coincidentally, after they get, Christ- get, get rid of Christian McCaffrey and trade him to San Francisco, Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman helped the Carolina Panthers rush 173 yards. And a key piece of that was Bradley Bozeman. The Panthers have also been really good in pass protection this season. You look at it, oftentimes you want to place the blame in the O-line for sacks. But sacks are as much an O-line stat as they are a quarterback stat. And they might be more of a quarterback stat, especially here in Carolina. You have guys who get the ball out late, like Baker Mayfield, like we saw with Sam Darnold in years past as well. This O-line with Iki Iquanu, the young rookie left tackle at NC State, went sixth overall. He's been phenomenal. Taylor Moten's done what he's always done. Austin Corbett's also been, I think, their highest-rated offensive lineman so far this season at that right guard position. Now having Bozeman there at center and then at left guard, having Brad, uh, uh, Brady Christensen, they look like they're really solid up front. Now, as far as pass rush, that has not been what it's been last year when they had Hassan Reddick, who's now in Philadelphia, doing the same thing he did the past two seasons in Arizona and Carolina, respectively. Only 10 sacks so far in the season. Half of those, Brian Burns, who's on pace to finally get to over double-digit sacks in his in a single season in his career, which would be great for him. But Carolina's got to do a much better job moving forward getting after the passer. No Marcus Marita, athletic, always love Marcus, happy to see that he's having success so far in Atlanta this season. He's someone who can be able to get outside the pocket and can run and beat you with his legs if need be. The Panthers got to do a better job keeping him in the pocket and actually collapsing down on him because I've seen back in Tennessee when I covered him, there was a time where he gave, where there's eight, nine sacks. A lot of those were on Marcus. So he's shown proclivity to give up sacks because he's not getting rid of the football. Carolina's got to do a better job moving forward, getting after him and keeping a guy like that in the pocket so that they can collapse on him and get home. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see uh, how those matchups go. And obviously we know the Falcons are going to want to run the football. We know Carolina had a lot of success running the football last week. And so that takes a lot of pressure off that passing game if either of these running games get going. And so we'll see who can deal with that moving forward. Uh, but guys, we will uh, continue today's crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks, breaking down our final score prediction now that we've broken down some of these key matchups but before before we get into that i want to tell you about simply safe i had a break-in back in 2014 and i didn't have a security system at the time so i got one and it happened to be simply safe and initially i was attracted to them just because it was the most affordable option for me but you know what's kept me keeping simply safe for the last eight years is that i trust their service it's very customizable for my home it can be for yours too whether you need sort of a bare bones security system they got you covered with that if you're looking for all the bells and whistles with the hd wireless security cameras you get smoke and leak detectors you're worried about your pipes freezing they got detectors for that at simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters with its cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents that will always have your back dispatching police and first responders at the moment of a threat or emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on nfl you can save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free just visit simplysafe.com slash locked on nfl to learn more there's no safe 
like Simply Safe. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. So as we wrap up today's Crossover Thursday, myself, Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons, joined as usual by Julian, council host of Locked On Panthers. We'll wrap it up, talk a little bit about these final score projections. Um, I'm realizing I don't know what the line is on this game coming yeah, up. Yeah, I was just about to ask you what are our friends over at Bet Online saying about this game. Yeah, so, you know. Uh, I'm seeing the Falcons. Okay, there are four and a half point favorites at home. And let's remember, folks, you, you get like two points for being at home anyway. So two and a half point favorites. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. I, Four and a half, four and a half is uh, that's not, I don't disagree with that number necessarily. The Falcons have been surprisingly from this side of 85 good. I mean, they've been like solid this year, they have not been as bad as I think a lot of people thought they would be. I don't know what your thoughts were coming in the season, what the Falcons would be. I've been impressed from what I've seen of Marcus Mariota. Of course, as you mentioned, Kyle Pitts have not seen too much of him. Drake London, he's had his moment so far this season. And, hey, Arthur Smith, he's a Tar Heel, so I'll always be rooting for him to have success, but not too much success as long as the, as the Falcons head coach. It's it's interesting because it's like it's a week-to-week league, you know? Like narratives change week in and week out. Like a week ago, I was pretty down on this team. Of course, like they're 1-5. in five. They're coming off of an abysmal offensive performance where they didn't try to do anything at all. And my thought was – when Baker or Sam come back healthy, that's who Steve Wilkes is going to go to. But then they change the office game plan. They allow PJ to go out there and show what he can do. And now it's like, all right, PJ's QB one. And it doesn't even matter if Sam is healthy or Baker, who is actually healthy, because they're going to roll PJ for the time being. And that just changes the entire complexion of the team, at least for this week. It could totally change. They go out on the road and they get embarrassed. But Steve Wilkes has really galvanized these guys at this point in time. Like they've circled the wagons. They've really bought into what, he, what he's had to say. And you see just his presence and what Matt Rule is offering. And I'm not going to say that's like Matt Rule certainly was not a good enough leader. Because maybe I don't. I think his biggest issue was the fact that he couldn't find a quarterback, which also was his fault because he had so much roster control. But it just did not work for him. Steve Wilkes has come in here. He's talked about how he's had success back when he was a defensive coordinator and a secondary coach under Ron Rivera in the back-to-back-to-back division titles in 2013, 14, and 15. And he showed a highlight tape of the division rivalries that they had between the Saints and the Falcons and, of course, the Buccaneers during that period of time and all the big games that they won and showing the emphasis of that game and talking about we got to make that jump over this is where we're at right now. This is where we want to be. And they made that leap last week against Tampa Bay, a team that – I think a lot of us thought was probably going to be the division favorite again and probably win it. And now at this point in time, their offense is in shambles. So when I look at the momentum of Carolina built from last week and seeing that it's not just PJ, it's that they were able to run the football. They played complimentary football for the first time in a long time. That defense has been excellent. You brought up DVOA. The Panthers are fourth. Going into last week, they were fourth in total defense in the first half DVOA. But they were dead last in the second half because the offense had not been able to put drives together. And oftentimes last week, they did go three and out. They had that issue even in the second half, where it's four straight drives that went three and out. Now, the last one was a three-play, 77-yard touchdown drive, and they were able to string together a couple drives with that game. If they can find that balance again and looking at the injuries in that Falcon secondary, if they can be able to wear down on them with the run game and be able to hit 
their spots in the pass game, the defense continues to do what's done for the most part of the last two seasons, then, yeah, I think the Panthers have a great opportunity to win this game down in Atlanta and potentially based on what happens with the Saints on Sunday and tonight with the Buccaneers and Ravens, I could see them winning that game and being in first place and being 3-0 in the division. So right now, I would say Carolina to cover that spread. Will they win? I don't know. I feel I, I don't know how to feel about this. I've, I've shown a little confidence this week on the podcast, but I also try to caution people and let them know this is still the same team that got blown out by the Rams and 49ers in back-to-back weeks. Like They still have a lot of issues they got to figure out. And P.J. Walker, yes, 3-1 and one as a quarterback. QB wins is not a stat. They've rallied around him in the past. I don't want to get too high on this team, but I do think they at least cover the spread there on Sunday in Atlanta. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I have similar sentiments uh, from not trying to overreact to the wins and, and, and not overreact to the losses. And I'm going to do a similar thing here coming off of the Falcons' 35-17 loss to the Bengals last week. I, I expect them to circle the wagons, as they say, uh, and, and try to tighten some of those things up on defense. Um, I don't expect Carolina to be as explosive uh, as Cincinnati was. You know, they racked up like nine uh, 20-plus yard plays against the Falcons' defense through the air last week. If I'm that happens, to... you have problems. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I saw Carolina got a lot of big explosive plays on the ground, so I, that's probably a little bit more of my concern moving forward, uh, at least in this game. Um, and so I expect the Falcons to bounce back at home. They've been better generally this season at home, particularly when it's come to getting off to good starts and that allowing them to – play the style of offense that they want to play, which is pounding the ball. Uh, and I so I expect that to be the norm this week. And so I expect the Falcons, you know, I think the score, that line is is kind of borderline. I'm seeing like a 24-20 type of game. So it's going to be a game that's going to be decided by a single score, whether that's, you know, one, two, three points or, you know, a touchdown or something like that. Um, it makes it hard. I think the Falcons are now six and one against the spread, their only loss being that Bengals game. And so I feel like if I'm giving that advice with this bet online four point spread that um, you you look at this and you say, I'll probably lean towards the Falcons just because they've had a lot more success in these types of matchups. So I think they'll cover the spread probably like a 25, 20, just barely though. It'll be a, it'll be a close game. I think going down um, to that final possession. Yeah, I don't look at Atlanta scoring too much on Carolina. Um, just looking at that offense. I mean, and the only team that's really been able to do that at a high clip was like with San Francisco a couple weeks ago when I think it was 37-15 in that game, the Panthers losing at home. And Carolina so far in the season, they're 0-2 on the road, lost to the 6-1 and Giants. Still wild to say that the Giants are 6-1. and Who saw Brian Dable be able to do that this season up in New York? And then they lost on the road to the Rams where they also got blown out. And that's been an offense that's been pretty bad compared to what they've been in the past under Sean McVay. So I don't think there can be too much confidence in the Panthers' ability to win on the road just based on what they've done. And also, knowing what this franchise historically has done when they've traveled down I-85 south to Atlanta, those have been losses. Even when they went 15-1, and the only loss came on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. So we, we've gotten used to it. But the weird thing is, uh, of all – the foibles of that rule. He was 2-0 and on the road in Atlanta. It hit his time in Carolina. So he, I think he's he's got to be the only Panthers head coach to ever be undefeated um, in Atlanta 
He only lasted two years, so he only got two opportunities. But congratulations to him for doing this. But it, it comes down to me. P.J. Watkins can replicate what he did. But it can't just be on P.J. It has to also be on an offensive line, not only protecting him, but being able to move the man in front of them. And last week, Bradley Bozeman did a really good job in Vita Vea. He gave up one sack in that game. But other than that, he was terrific. Can he do the same thing against a guy like Grady Jarrett, who I've always, dating back to his time at Clemson, been a fan of his, think he's excellent, certainly has been a cornerstone of that franchise in Atlanta for the time he's been down there. So for Carolina, if they can run the football, they can ask PJ to do the same things they did last week, get him comfortable, also try and push it down the field a little bit. And if he can connect on the throws that he had, then they have a, a great chance to have success. But I do like you. I see it kind of in the 20s um, this this upcoming weekend. I don't think either team is going to go out there and have some sort of explosion on offense, especially the Carolina Panthers, considering what we've seen. And the magic number for opponents against the Panthers has been 17. So if the Falcons score 17 points, they're likely going to win since Carolina has lost like 27 of their last 28 games where they've allowed the opponent 17-plus points, which is just still a wild stat. <laughs> It's wild. I can't. It's, it's like yeah. it's like the basic score that you expect in every NFL game. Yeah, exactly. And that's how that's how good the defense has to be, or at, that's how good it's how to have been the past twenty eight games. If you if they have to hold an opponent, like last week, they almost shut out the Bucks, held them three points. Probably should have been ten if Mike Evans doesn't drop that. And I wonder where the game goes from there. But they have been ridiculously good the last couple of years, of course. But they give up seventeen. It's basically a wrap. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, complain a lot about the Falcons offense this year, but uh, we, we're not complaining that they can't hit 17 points and therefore not be able to win football games. So um, we'll see which team can get that rate, win that race to 17 this weekend uh, and, you know, take care of business. Uh, that will sort of do it for us here on Crossover Thursday with myself, Aaron Freeman. You can check me out on Twitter at FalcFans. Of course, Julian Council at Julian Council on Twitter every day on Locked On Panthers. We thank you guys for making Crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks here on Locked On Falcons and Locked On Panthers your first listen. And again, for your second listen, why not check out Locked On Sports today and get all the insights from all the local experts across the Locked On network, across all the sports that we're covering here on your team every day but guys that's going to do it for us here on crossover thursday really appreciate you guys joining us on this episode look forward to this matchup uh on sunday and you know go falcons uh matt rule is no longer there to uh you know lead the panthers to victory on the road so uh good <laughs> odd that you know firing matt rule is the best thing for the falcon you know it's just, it's weird it's just weird how that works out that matt rule was their kryptonite but uh we'll leave it at that guys <laughs> thank you again for checking us out on crossover thursday if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.